0: Headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. He's host of the Dr. John Deloney podcast, which is ever so popular, and his brand new book just hit number one last couple months ago. Here, building a non no building a non anxious life number one bestseller again twice over so we're answering your questions today about your life your money your relationships the phone numbers: is 888-825-5225 alicia is with us to start this hour in lansing michigan hi alicia how are you
1: hi dave Um, first I wanted to start with the fact that you're one of my heroes, so this is (laughs) one of the coolest moments right now for me to be able to talk to you, Uh and so I appreciate you taking my call.
0: I'm honored. How can we help?
1: Um, so a credit card is suing me, um, paying some of my stupid tax, apparently. (laughs) Um, so it popped up out of nowhere, it's, um, and I, I already answered the summons and I'm trying to figure out where to go from here.
0: Okay. Uh, how much do you owe them?
1: Um, Eight
0: thousand one hundred. Wow. Okay. Is that the actual balance or the puffed up balance after they added a bunch of fees to it?
1: The puffed up balance.
0: What was the actual balance?
1: Um, I believe it was uh, seven thousand four hundred, seven thousand five hundred.
2: Hmm. Um.
1: So a little bit of background on this: the reason I don't know the exact numbers is it was actually um my abusive ex that opened up the card in my name and um, I never used the card myself and um, I had to run away from that relationship with my kids and I forgot about the card and I'm sorry
0: you knew about the card but you didn't sign for it correct okay how long ago was that Um,
1: 2019
0: okay how old are you
1: um, I am 29. What do you make? Um, so I run an in-home hair salon, and I make about um, $1,300 a month, um, plus I have um, child support.
0: Of how much?
1: Um, 1500
0: And that's from the abusive ex?
1: Um, no, that is from my ex-husband.
0: Not the abusive ex?
1: Um. <laughs> A debatable, but that's not the actual. No, I'm talking. It's not
0: the one you yeah. ran from that, that opened the Correct. credit card. Correct. Okay, that's what I'm trying to get straight. All right, you have any money?
1: Um. So I have about fifteen hundred dollars in savings currently. Who's
0: um, who's suing you? What company is this? What 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 credit card company?
1: J P Morgan Chase.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. And you have an actual summons to go to court. An actual. The sheriff yes, brought it to uh, your door.
1: Correct. Well, I was um, served by a person, not a sheriff.
0: Yeah, okay, but um, you got an actual court summons, okay. All
1: right. Yes, and I answered the summons, and then we I got a paper in the mail of the hearing.
0: Okay. When's the hearing?
1: Um, January 10th.
0: Okay. All right, This right, um, let's kind of walk through a couple things here, um, because information in these situations i found when it's me, if I get more information some of the uh, cobwebs move away and some of the fear moves away okay Okay? so to start with your absolute worst case scenario is you do nothing or go over to the hearing if you want to you're going to lose at the hearing
3: okay
0: Okay. there's no no defense for this other than one idea I've got in a minute but uh, if you just went to the hearing and just sat there you're going to kind of giggle when you leave have you ever gotten a ticket and they say go to traffic court to get the ticket torn up
1: um i think so
0: yeah yeah i mean it's kind of a funny thing it's almost like judge judy but without the personality okay you know it's like it's kind of automatic it's boring it's not there's no drama there's no tv cameras or lights this is not oj simpson on trial it's a traffic ticket for god's sakes Okay, mm-hmm. so what happens is this attorney that's representing JP Morgan is he runs a factory, a large factory. You are one of 10,000 widgets on the conveyor belt. This is boring. It's not like he personally is angry with you or even knows you freaking exist. Right. He wheels a two-wheeler into the court or the equivalent of that with a computer download of a bunch of files No one shows up, and the judge rules and gives every one of them a judgment instantly. It's really boring. Okay. Because it's really an open-shut case. You owe money. You didn't pay it. You lose. Okay. Now they have a judgment lien against you, which means they could try to attach your property, if you own any, or your bank account. Or if you had a job, they which you don't, they, they, a traditional job, they could go after and garnish your wages. Okay, so to start, my point is, don't panic about January tenth. Okay. Okay, it's kind of a yawn. Now we okay. do have to deal with this mess because it's going to keep poking you in in the side of the head until you deal with it. All right. Now, mm-hmm. how are we going to deal with it? Well, we're going to deal with it one of two ways. One is. Uh, I don't know if it'll work because you, you've waited around too long to deal with it, but basically you are the victim of identity theft. Even though your husband, at the time, a husband does not have a right to sign his wife's signature by marriage. Right. That doesn't give you that right. Okay? I, if I mm-hmm. sign Sharon's signature, that's fraud. Right. If I have a power of attorney from her to do that, that's different, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. So this is just like a criminal on the street signed your name up and got an $8,000 credit card. You don't owe the money because you're a victim of identity theft. Now, I don't know if you're going to pull that off because you waited around. If you had reported it a- after you left the abusive situation and gone ahead and gotten a police report at the time, it might have worked. Right. So here's what I would do. I'd call the attorney on the summons and say, I'm in the process of filing a police report. I was in an abusive relationship, and I've just discovered that I am the victim of identity theft. I did not sign this card, and I am not liable for it. I'm putting you on notice of that. I'll be in touch with you and send you the police report. Uh, because you'll have to file a police report and sign an affidavit that says you did not sign for the card. A criminal did. Someone stole your identity. Oh, by the way, his name is and his address is. And they will do nothing about it. So never fear. Okay, okay. but that's that's what happened. Okay, it's as if a stranger signed your name to a card. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Yes. Since you did not sign it. Now the fact that you've tinkered around with it for three years and not done this earlier. Is going to work against you in proving the fact that you're a victim of identity theft but hopefully you can get it pushed through all right if that's the case you owe nothing technically mm-hmm. legally morally you owe nothing practically I don't know if you're gonna get through that or not okay. the second thing is if you can't get through that offer them 2,000 bucks to settle it settled in full but that's after you fight with them for a while Hold on, I'm going to have Austin pick up. We're going to put you in touch with the Xander Insurance Identity Theft people and see if they'll take your case and help you run this down and get this uh, identity theft removed as a favor to us. Obviously, if you were one of their clients, they would take care of you. But we're going to ask them to do it for us. Hold on. So here's a quick math refresher. There are only 24 hours in a day, so your business needs to streamline tasks that are time suckers and focus on activities that make money. So to reduce headaches as they scale, smart businesses use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite helps you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform. So join the more than 37,000 smart businesses like Ramsey Solutions that have done the math and graduated to NetSuite. And right now, you can download NetSuite's KPI checklist absolutely free at NetSuite.com slash Ramsey. That's NetSuite.com slash Ramsey. Dr. John Deloney. Joins me this hour, he's my co-host. Although I didn't let him say a word last segment, <laughs> it's probably better for America, Dave. It's
4: hey, I did have a question. Can I ask you a question about sure. that last
0: call? Yeah, let's talk about that.
4: Um So, I've had this back in my credit card, not paying my bills days, and I get this call a lot on the show. Walk somebody through the difference between the letter you get when the credit card company sends you a letter. It looks like it's from a law office and says you're being sued versus actually being sued. One of those feels like a scam, like a strong
0: strong arm technique. The other is an actual legal proceeding. Yeah, and even the actual legal proceeding is a walk through is pretty much like traffic. The, the traffic. Theory, it's yeah. a bit of a joke. So it's not like Matlock or Perry Mason is going to be down there. And there's gonna be some intimidating person on the stand and there's gonna be a secret witness. None of that happens, okay? It's I was just gonna like- say I did
4: I did go to rural Tennessee to take care of a traffic ticket and it was pretty exciting.
0: Was it? It okay. was.
4: It was pretty exciting.
0: That's a little different. Yeah. that that, ju- that judge is a little bored, and he's. It was exciting. He saw a a guy roll up with a PhD or two. No, and, I know.
4: just I sat back in the back, and there was there was I I learned a lot about the community. I was where I got the ticket.
0: <laughs> okay, more than you wanted to. Do, it was huh? very different than I. Whose understood cousin it to me. was dating whose cousin? It okay. was. Imp- it was incredible. <laughs> incredible. Oh, uh, it's fun. So uh, the collections industry functions on one thing the only effective tool they have is fear their job is to activate fear and anything they can do in the whole process to activate fear it is the best chance they have of getting the bill paid okay it's not loving kindness it's not working through the logic of your budget it's not hearing the story about your mom who has cancer they don't care it's all about fear and so cutting you off in mid-sentence. One company even uses people from uh, a different region to call. For instance, they might have Northerners with a New York accent call Southerners because it's abrasive to a Southerner or vice versa because it's abrasive. And uh, so they'll do anything they can. They'll pull up a zip code on it and, you know, pull a different uh, person in. They even give them names. I had one calling me. Calling me, her name was Mrs. Baskerville, as in the hounds of. (laughs) Another one called me, her name was Mrs. Savage. Oh, well done. So, um, and I told her, I said, that's the greatest name ever. She's like, that's my real name. And I said, no, it's not. But that's great. i got to hand it to you. Because once I kind of got out behind the scenes and started studying the collections business, I understood what they were doing. It is a massive game. They're in a, it's a person that can't get a good job sitting in a cubicle with a headset all day long, yelling at people, screaming at them, trying to get them to do stuff. So they threatened to file suit They say we're about to file suit tomorrow. We have filed suit. They send emails that say that. All of that is a lie. That's why I was asking her so many questions. I wanted to see if she'd actually gotten served and actually had a date at a hearing, which she did. She has been sued, okay? But nine out of ten times people call this show, they've not been sued. They've been promised they've been sued. They told they were getting sued. I'm suing you today. All of that, no lawsuit, none whatsoever, because a lot of that debt isn't even collectible. It's outside the statute of limitations or, or some other reason they can't get at the debt. So they're just yelling, screaming, making a big loud noise to try to get the little child inside of us to be fearful and send them a check. Um, even people will pay bills they don't owe sometimes. Like they'll call a, a, a mother, an elderly mother of someone, and intimidate her, yell at her that her son's going to jail If she doesn't pay his bill, and she'll pay the bill. I've had him. I've
4: had him call. It uh, is a nasty
0: business that is outside of the law at most of the time. Hmm. Federal Fair Debt Collection Practices Act prohibits almost all of the activities they do on a daily basis. It is an out of control, nasty industry. There is a small percentage of the collections business that is a local hometown collection agency that's collecting for the local hometown pest control or doctor and they are usually pretty good people, but they're like 2% of the people in the business. The rest of them are just scum, all right? So their job is to yell and scream at you, flap their arms, and act like that the, you know, we're coming to take you away, haha, you know, and all this. And so that's what you've got to do is get the other side of the fear and just go, really, this is, I'm one case in 10,000, this guy's dealing at this. That day, there's probably five to 10,000 cases going through there. There's
4: also, as you're talking, I keep also having this nagging other side which is pay your freaking bill
0: well this money doesn't go away right yeah i got a single mom there that's been abused that's right oh yeah she's yeah, making yeah. 1300 bucks a month yeah. okay so yeah if she told me she had eight thousand dollars in the bank i would have jumped on or her. in her situation she didn't even owe it because it was identity theft
4: call and that's scary and i know there's a
0: whole here's piece the that, thing here's of thing Here's the problem with her situation and it comes up too. It goes under that same heading though, is folks, when you have something like that in the closet, a hundred percent of the time it's going to come out of the closet and visit you at the exact wrong moment, right? Five years from now, two years from now, just after you got married to that sweet little thing and you're getting ready to buy a house, oh crap. Back when I was in college drunk all the time, I never dealt with this car wreck, and I still owe $1,400 to freaking State Farm, and they finally find me now that I'm acting like a legitimate citizen. 100% of the time, you don't deal with this crap. It has a high rate of resurrection. It will come back to life in the zombie form and at the worst possible time, and it's harder to deal with then. So when you have a problem, deal with it right then. Right. Because it's a lot harder for her to clear this up four years later, right? If she dealt with it after she moves out from ab- abusive, c- criminal theft, identity theft, boy, if she'd have turned him in instantly, filed a police report then, and been very proactive, but that's hard to do for oh, someone it's, it's super that's hard. been in an it. abusive situation.
4: I get that, yeah.
0: She's not feeling really confident and cocky, right? She's yeah. not. Or got still a lot scared. Of All, right that's right All that's real. All that's real. Yeah. yeah. Still. If you can find any kind of something down inside of you to bust into it and deal with it at the moment, right then. But when you wait two years, it's hard for the judge to look at you and have sympathy. Or when the, you wait three years, here's the hard truth:
4: you will have the conversation about, "Hey, he stole my card." You can do it now, or you can have it later, or you
0: can do it four years from now and then not be believed. Or you can pay a bill you don't know, right? Because right, you're right. still you're living gonna with, have because you're still sitting in fear. Absolutely, you're still yeah. sitting in brokenness from that abuse. Right and so our job is to give you courage due to knowledge and due to inspiration to go ahead and deal with everything right. now
4: and we're only telling you if you're find yourself if you you've exited an abusive relationship if you're over your head and you just haven't been able to pay we're telling you this because we love you it's gonna come the, if even if you have to find a buddy that will sit with you and make that call with you or will help you do whatever you got to do because you're gonna have those hard conversations the earlier you have them, the better runway you have to deal with it.
0: Yeah, it's it is so much easier to clean up before it grows. Right, but it gets tentacles. It grows. It grows all inside the closet. And you have and to put yeah.
4: yourself in the eye that I mean, in, in the in the seat of that judge. How many people of those ten thousand people say I didn't? Even, that wasn't me. No. Nine hundred ninety-nine. I mean, nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine of them, right? And
0: you know, I got to tell you, her going and filing a police report on an ex-boyfriend that was or ex-husband that was abusive. That's an act of courage on her part. That is, she's poking the beehive. That is super,
4: super scary.
0: Yeah. yeah. So she's either going to do that or she's going to pay the bill. You pay eight thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. And does that suck all the way around? Absolutely. Everything there sucks. It does. The whole thing does. Yeah. So, but the deal is, don't let these people intimidate you. They're an idiot in a cubicle, five hundred miles away that couldn't get a good job. Okay, cleaning septic tanks is much more honorable at least you're doing humanity some good. Hey, those guys that clean my septic tank. And you don't amazing. and you don't have to lie to do your job, okay? And so, the, don't let these people set the tone. You set the tone. Just laugh about it and go, "Oh, you're cute. You're just so cute." And listen, if you don't calm down a little bit, I'm going to just let you talk to Mr. Dial Tone. You're going to hear a little click and this whole thing is going to go away. Little click. You ready? Little click. Here we go. <laughs> Okay. And I just started messing with them, man. I got I reached the point that I'd studied them so much that it it was like a fun game. It's like the guy calls up to sell you the uh, – the Andy Andrews did this the other day. A guy called him up to sell him one of the auto uh, – what do you call the um, – extended warranties uh, right. on a car he didn't own, yep. right? and he's he's he acted like he was 85 years old yeah i got me one i don't even have that car but you sound like a nice young man could i sign up for this anyway you know he messes with him he just had a good time it's a great youtube video you ought to pull it up but yeah you got to do it you got to have a way of looking at it that's where they don't own you emotionally it's your only shot at getting your arms around this and winning and that's what we're here to do is to help you do that not to not pay your bill the idea is if you owe the bill we're going to help you pay it too but we also don't want them to be in control of your life. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp.
4: Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life. Anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash
0: Deloney. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Rihanna is in Lynchburg, Virginia. Hi, Rihanna. Welcome to the show. How can we help?
1: Um, so my husband and I, we've been saving up money for about a year and a half now, looking to build or buy a home.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we're trying to decide if that is the right thing to do um, because I still have student loan payments.
0: mm Okay. or
1: not payments but student loan debt, debt yeah. how much student
0: loan yet. debt do you have
1: about forty thousand
0: and how much money have you saved
1: um so far we've saved about a little over fifteen thousand
0: okay and what's your household income
1: um together we make about 86 thousand
0: good good what do y'all do for a living
1: So I'm a high school teacher, and my husband is an admissions counselor at a local university.
0: Great. Very cool. Okay. All right. Well, um, you're apparently fairly new to all this Ramsey stuff. Is that true? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, what we have discovered in 30 years of helping people become wealthy is the shortest distance between where you are and wealthy, which home ownership is a good step in the direction of becoming wealthy. The shortest distance is to be debt-free, have an emergency fund of three to six months of expenses, buy a home, then start getting your uh, retirement plans going, and then get the home paid off. And that's like a five- or a ten-year plan I just laid out right there, okay? Um, Mm -hmm. What we have found is that when people buy a home with $40,000 in student loan debt, that it activates every negative thing that can happen in your life because Sally Mae is living in the spare bedroom. Student loan has its own bedroom, and the heat and air unit goes out, the roof leaks, and the hot water heater goes out, and you have no money. So what we've taught people to do, and it's very unpopular with people who have house fever because buying a house is a good thing, but buying a house when you're a broke person is not a good thing. That's why they call them brokers. So, um, you need to get a house, but you need to get one after you get rid of your student loan debt is what we would tell you. And that's so that the house is a blessing to you and not a curse. Um, not what you wanted to hear.
1: (laughs) I I do agree with that. And that's ideally what we would like to do. However, I, I think our situation is kind of what makes that a challenge. Um, we live in a one bedroom apartment with one son. We want to start growing our family soon and the apartment that we live in has people
0: have families that house. rent all the time. Move.
4: Yeah. Hey Rayanna, I did what you what you're talking about. My wife was a teacher and she had about twenty thousand dollars in student loan debt. And lucky for her, she was married to an associate dean of students at a local university. Who had about eighty-eight thousand dollars worth of student loan debt? So combined, we had six figures, and I had to have a house because we were having a new baby, and I went stone mad because the math never worked, and we ended up selling our house and I moved into a residence hall with a two-year-old and a wife to get out of debt. To get out of debt, and so I, I with all of my heart, please rent. Please don't add this additional strain to a young family trying to start new careers, especially as one as chaotic as the world your husband's in college admissions right now. My
0: gosh, start tutoring, start doing side work and, and rent as cheap as you can and get the 40,000 paid off in one year, live on beans and rice, rice and beans. Don't eat out. Don't go on vacation. Get the stinking student loan debt out of your life and then save up and go buy you a house. I want you to get a house, but I don't want you to be cursed by the ownership of this house because you justified it in the name of a baby. Don't do that. If you don't want to live in a one bedroom, fine, go rent a two bedroom. Whoopty doopty. Uh, I mean lots of people do that. I want to say it as directly as possible, the math doesn't care
4: what you want. And we're in a one bedroom apartment with a one with with a toddler. I can't imagine how scary that is. But dude, um we want to start growing our family. Well, you, you can't afford it yet, or you can't afford a house. You have to start renting. You have to make some hard choices. Pay that debt
0: off, man. Yeah, just because I, I want a bigger house for my family doesn't mean math takes a break, right? Jen is in Des Moines, Iowa. Hi, Jen. Welcome to the Ramsey Show.
1: Hi. Hey, what's up? All right, so I've got a question for you. My husband works in the tech field currently, and we have about eighty thousand dollars in stocks that are vested. And I was wondering if it would be a good idea to pull those out and to put that amount onto our mortgage to pay it off faster.
0: Yes. Today, that was easy. <laughs> Hooray. Well, <that> was easy. <laughs> you want, You want to know how I did that so fast is I just reverse engineer everything. They call it a sunk cost analysis. I say, if okay. uh, what do you owe on your home today?
1: We owe 184000 Okay, if
0: you owed $100,000 on your home today and didn't own stock, would you go refinance your home and borrow an extra 80000 to buy stock? No! No. Well, it's the same thing. No. We're just doing it backward.
1: Okay, yeah, that's, that's incredible
2: incredibly easier than i thought it was gonna
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's that's how i did that so quickly but and I, that's why i wanted to teach it to you too so you can do that with anything if you have a boat in the driveway that's worth eight thousand dollars you say if i had eight thousand dollars in the kitchen table and i didn't have that boat would i go buy it no well then sell the boat okay you know or yes i love the boat then keep the boat that's okay but that you just do a reverse analysis of where you are today and pretend there's that many benjamins sitting in the middle of your kitchen table and go would i buy stock or would i pay off my well i'd pay down the mortgage
4: where that gets dicey is when my wife looks at me sitting at the kitchen table and she says would i do that again <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm kind of stuck man <laughs> uh, hey i will say this when you when you start cashing out stock at your company his coworkers will look at him weird or the people ask him hard
0: questions they I, just don't get a vote yeah, you, I, that, i'm not even telling it's another business It falls under the nunya yeah but it's a yeah, nunya you yeah, know i don't have to talk about it it's just like you know in the old days people didn't talk about their money yeah they do now i know they talk about everything now yeah, yeah. i know i mean a certain generation grew up there they didn't think their parents had sex or money turns out they'd had both, they had both. But, you know so you know <laughs> because they never talked about it right just so.
4: little bits of each day just little <laughs> bits the bare minimum the bare
0: minimum yeah. steven's in dallas texas hey steven how are you
5: Hi, I'm doing really good. Thank you.
0: Good. How can we help? So
5: I'm just trying to perplex on how I'm going to pay for a doctorate loan. My girlfriend, who I'm engaging in the next month, is um, going through doctorate
6: of chiropractic school here in August. And uh, I just need to know the best way to kind of save up slash, you know, how should I. How much debt debt is
0: she going into to be a chiropractor?
6: Um, about two hundred
4: thousand.
0: Holy uh,
4: Jesus! Just don't.
0: Is she she's already done it. No, she
5: she leaves for school in August.
4: As a guy who worked in higher education for twenty years, please don't do that. And I know you don't. <laughs> We're not going
0: to talk you out of this. Yeah, but dude, the ROI on this—the average chiropractor makes sixty thousand bucks. Okay. I mean, it doesn't so make any sense. We do in
6: that sense. It's not, it's uh, not, not worth. It's not worth two hundred thousand
0: dollars. You're here, here's y'all, the need, y'all need to do some research into chiropractic and actually understand what's going on out there. I've worked with broke chiropractors for years. They're everywhere. Man,
4: i I would tell you as her boyfriend, um, I would not start coming up with a plan to pay off her student loans yet. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I know in your situation everything's going to be perfect, but. We wouldn't have a show if people didn't have great plans that didn't work out. Our whole show is made up of people who got engaged and then started taking care of something for their their new husband or wife, and then it goes sideways. And so I would hold off on making up a plan to pay off her student loans until you are married. Well, and right I
0: also it. would like to start having some real serious discussions if you're getting engaged as to whether she's going to go $200,000 in debt to be a chiropractor. Yeah. I got to tell you, that's what I, I strongly recommend you don't do that. If you want to go into chiropractic, fine, but don't go 200 grand in debt to do it. There is no math that says that's smart. None. Nowhere. I mean, you can get an MD for 200 grand, for God's sakes. You can actually ROI that. This is The Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. Our question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. The holidays are over, but your house may not look like it. (laughs) How'd you know? So you need Junk King for that dying tree, toys that have broken already, and the boxes they came in. Go to Neighborly.com slash Ramsey and contact a Junk King near you to get that post-holiday stuff.
4: I'm calling Ramsey right now because my wife's birthday is coming up, and I said, what do you want? She said, I want one of those bins to show up in the back of our house to get rid of this old crummy boat you bought off Craigslist. Ooh. And so I'm calling them today. Today's question comes from Taylor in Indiana. Taylor writes, this is a question for Dave and Deloney. I recently paid off 100000 bucks in student loans during the last three years. Way to go. I'm proud of myself for the personal discipline and fulfillment for fi- for my financial commitments towards repaying the loans. Good. I used my education to have a successful professional career and want to encourage others at the same as possible and worth it for them. I feel a great sense of relief, but I'm afraid to tell my family. My mother feels entitled to be, quote unquote, paid back for being a parent and has actually stolen thousands of dollars from me in the past. I genuinely feel sad that I'll never hear that she's proud of me and wishes the best for my future. With her, without her hand out expectantly, is it wrong for me to lie about my accomplishments and pretend to be broke in order to financially and emotionally protect myself? Also, would you mind sharing what you might say as a parent, since I'll never hear it from my own? Wow. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna answer this in a couple of different ways, Dave. Hop in. Um. I don't think lying's ever a good idea. I also think there's a middle ground between um, entering into conversations, parading around. Um, Here's the deal. I don't want you to bring down your sense of dignity and your sense of character and your sense of respectability by choosing to lie. Take the low road. At the same time, no. This mother who's stolen from you, who is actively looking to steal from you again, who expects to be refunded for her parenting. Um, she has what no claim life. on your life, right? None, none. And so um, I don't think you talk about it. How's work? Works good. Um, where? Why are you driving that car? Well, that's... Because that's, I wanted to. That's the car I, I was able to buy. Well, where's my car? Well, I, I, I paid for that one in cash. So that was
0: my car budget. And... Where's my car? I don't know. When you go get one.
4: Yeah, when you get one. When you start developing boundaries, what you're going to find is it's like a muscle and you get real strong real fast. Exactly. And when you tell somebody no and they start to hemming and hawing and John and you get rid of, you, you stand tall through that first initial wave, that assault that comes up against your gates, then you realize, oh, I stood. And it's just going to be
0: that way. So here's the deal. As long as you have to hide from her, she still has power over you. It's not, it's not, she no longer should have power over you. Yeah. And so it's just, because all you have to do is just say no. Just, you know, mom, I love you. I'm not going to do that. If you're going to keep talking like that, we're going to opt out of this conversation and I'm going to have to walk away. I'm walking away now. That's all you can do. You just have to set a boundary, but you don't have to lie and you don't have to let her have power over you. But it's also, it's also smart and wise on your part, which you have done to recognize this is not a person who is going to celebrate with you, your incredible accomplishment for which any parent should be very proud, but your mom's messed up. I'm sorry. It's sad when your mom's messed up, but sometimes moms are messed up. And so yours is definitely.
4: I, I almost 99% of the time I'll, and I'll tell you this, Taylor, I would sit down and, um, write my mom three different letters that I'm never going to send her. I'd write her a letter, and this one's going to be hard, to tell her how how grateful you are for what she gave you. And she may have given you some really thick skin. She may have given you a bunch of hurdles that you had to figure out a way over. But there is some good that is in your life because of this interaction, this relationship. I want you to write a second letter that says, it starts with, dear mom, you should have done a better job. You should have loved me. And I want you to mine your soul for that stuff. It's heavy and it's hard. The third letter was is um, should be one of freedom and relief and a little bit of grief is here's who you're going to miss. Here's what you're going to miss. And you begin to teach your body that it wasn't okay, that like Dave just said, she had power over me and I'm letting that power go. Here's what you're going to miss. And I'm not going to diminish myself and I'm not going to be a person of lesser character to try to avoid you anymore, as Dave
0: said. You don't get a vote anymore. Yeah. You opted out. And um, so I just really, the point is I wouldn't I wouldn't lie, but I wouldn't expect a celebration. Nope. I just wouldn't bring it up. Just It's just something you get to do for yourself. And, um, you know, one of the things I did, Taylor, also is uh, years ago, gosh, it's 20-plus years ago now, and I attribute it as one of about five things that caused uh, this organization to be inordinately successful was I got uh, the first group, I called them a group of eagles because eagles don't flock. You have to pull them together. And I got a group of men that were strong, spiritually strong in their marriages. They were successful, very successful in business or in their chosen career. Two of them were pastors of huge churches. Uh, One of them was a multi-time best-selling author and so on in the room. And we met every Wednesday morning for a Bible study is what we first started calling it. Then we started just reading books. And that went on for 14 years. And I'm telling you all that to say one of the rules in that room was that's a group of guys that were high achievers. And we wanted to be a safe place to brag. you got to be able to tell the good stuff. Because there's not everybody you can't brag in front of. That's right. Because it's bragging. But you need to be able to come in and go, just freaking won the Super Bowl! By God, yes, you know, and you got to have somebody that loves you enough in the room that's going to own that with you. That you respect their opinion. That you can share that with, especially since your mom's not one of them. Or they didn't. They don't feel threatened by it. Yeah, they're not threatened. They're there to celebrate with you, and that's one of our rules. And it's it. We want you to. We want you to come in here and brag when something really good is going on, or when you do something really good for your spouse. want you come in here and brag about it, and that really lasted. Uh, and I've got another group of guys I run with today, and that's one of the rules in that group too. And so when something good happens or something super bad happens, you can bring it in too. But, um, yeah, Taylor, you need to have some guys around that can celebrate with you. Cause your mom's not ever going to be able to do that. She doesn't have the capacity. She's too broken. And she should have, but she, she does. You should have is. a mom
4: that celebrates you and you don't.
0: I'm Everybody sorry. should. And do, by the way, our lady, I don't know what kind of Taylor it is, man, woman, it could be either one. Um, Taylor. You paid off $100,000. You have a successful professional career. We're proud of you. We think you're amazing. Big time. Way to go. Big time. Way to go. Do the Snoopy dance, man. Nose up, ears out, dance. Here we go. Have it, baby. Enjoy the ride. Do it. And don't let her steal that, and you don't have to go into someone's presence and cow meaning they have power over you and you have to bow down by lying or by enabling or participating in their dysfunction. You just have to smile and kind of shake your head and go, gosh, that's awful sad. It's awful sad. That's just really sad. Mama can't do that. That's sad. No, not doing that. Sorry. Sad. I, um, Dave, it took me a long time. This, goes, this is The reason we're going on with this is because it's almost everybody out it's there.
4: everybody I know. Um, we have a generation. I heard this recently, Dave. Someone saying, I'm talking about kids. And it was really a brilliant response. It was uh, an older psychologist who was pretty frustrated. And he said, I don't want to hear it again that the kids of this generation have changed. Kids
0: are kids. It's the parents of these kids that have changed. <laughs> You know, I was at, a, I was at a, a FCA banquet with Bobby Bowden one time years ago, and I asked him, I said, So, how much have the kids changed since you've been coaching, you know, 500 years, since the 1960s? He said, The kids hadn't changed. The parents are clearly their mom and they dads. Were. That's right. So the kids are still doing the same exact stupid stuff the kids have always done college college football players are doing exact same stupid stuff but the parents are nuttier than fruitcakes man that's right Because used to the parents are somewhat of an anchor but so they're they've lost their bad gum minds that's right
4: (laughs) find somebody you can tell the positive stuff to please yeah everybody
0: yeah share it share it with them and don't don't with her but don't lie she doesn't have power over you anymore this is the ramsey show Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual, amazing relationships. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. He's the host of the Dr. John Deloney Show on podcast. You ought to check it out. It's unbelievably popular. Talks about mental health issues and relationship issues there and all kinds of other fun things. It's very entertaining. You ought to be sure you're there. He's here to help you today, and so am I. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Jordan is with us in Springfield, Illinois. Hi, Jordan. How are you?
3: Good. How are you, Dave?
0: Better than I deserve. What's up?
3: Hey, uh, so I've got a quick question for you. Uh, my wife and I, we're 28. I'm an Illinois state trooper. She's a nurse. We bring home around $8,000 a month. Um, I discovered you in September last year. I sold my truck that was paid off for 32000 paid off uh, my student loans and our rings. So that leaves us with about $45,000 left in student loans and the $280,000 mortgage. Good for and you. The,
0: you're heading in the right yeah, way. Yeah, Good that's job. awesome, man. Welcome, Welcome for, to the gang.
3: Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to, to be in this journey, but um, I have a little bit of a problem. In October of last year, my parents announced they were getting a divorce, and my father told me I'm now responsible for the $60,000. Parent plus loan. Um, There have been maybe two payments on it in six years. I've tried to have conversations with him about it. It always gets real hostile. He gets defensive. He defers the blame to my mom, stating that he never had anything to do with the loans in the first place, and that my mother handled everything with the loan. I know I'm not (laughs) legally accountable for the loan, um, but every time I bring it up, he's he's always like, "You're the one that went to school." So I, I I do feel. (laughs)
0: a little accountable. Um, okay. Was there a conversation back then that you made a contract with your dad and mom verbally to promise to pay this?
3: Not to my knowledge. I I mean, we've talked about it. I don't believe so.
0: Okay. So your mom and dad were trying to help you out. They took out a parent plus loan. Did you had no reason to believe you had to repay that until your dad decided later that you did. Is that the actual facts? Correct. Okay. All right. Then it's on your dad.
3: Okay. Should I add it to the snowball? No,
0: it's not your dad.
3: Okay.
4: Okay. Dude, you're trying to preserve a relationship. Like you're thinking in your head, I don't want to, I don't want to mess this relationship up. Your dad has already done that. Yeah. He's the one who's chosen to take out his frustration with your mom on his son.
3: Right. Ooh. I mean, he, he. Yeah, that's a good good way to put it.
0: That's not your the game to play. That's not your mess. Yeah, your mom did this, and I'm getting rid of her. Ooh. Right. That's strong. Because if he had well, a real problem
4: with it, he should have settled it in court.
3: Well, the the other big issue I have is he's got 140 thousand in his in his uh, IRA. Yeah, but
4: you stay out of his head and out of his checking accounts too. Okay. Right. Okay. I, yeah. Like you're going to make yourself yep. crazy trying to do. Dad, math on
3: his did, money. Did He
0: sign the loan, right. or just your mom?
3: No, it's just in his name.
0: Okay, then how did he, how did she do it without his knowledge? If he signed it,
3: he literally said, "He said I've never seen a document about that. I wouldn't even know what it looks like."
0: That's between him and your mom. That's not between him and you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I, I, you, you didn't have anything to do with this. You were just at school and. They were paying for part of it, and your mom I, – I, I think your mom made a mistake. Uh, Absolutely. But there's a lot of mistakes in this story between your mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And so um, – uh, but I don't think it's your responsibility to take on their mistake. L- let's pretend it wasn't a loan. Let's just say she took money out of their joint checking account and just paid for part of your school. Would you have to pay that back if you didn't have any knowledge that you were supposed to pay that back? No. It's the same thing.
4: Absolutely. And here's yeah. my, my equally, I mean, there's that issue. Your dad's changing the rules. He's trying to revisit history here, but more so rewrite, is, uh, rewrite history. He won't have a grown up man to man conversation with his son, who's a state trooper. He won't sit across a table and say, son, this divorce is killing me. I don't have the money to pay sixty thousand um, dollars. I know I made an agreement with you. I, I can we rev like he won't do that. He makes you feel stupid and small because of a decision him and his wife made when you were eighteen years old.
3: Right when I didn't have any idea what I was getting into.
4: Exactly right. Exactly. And I hate that for you, dude, because he's going to make you the bad
0: guy in this, and, and you're not. You're not. I mean,
3: it's it's bringing issues in in my
0: marriage and. I just your wife thinks you'd be crazy to pay it that's the issue yeah yeah yes you, sounds yeah. like you married well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey and by the way your
4: dad is the one opting out of future holidays not you thank, thank
3: you for reassuring me of that because I mean
0: yeah he's welcome I, he's welcome if he yeah, can behave absolutely. if you act like a it, grown-up
3: decision yeah.
0: yeah but if you want if sure. you want to run away on sixty thousand dollars then we now know the value of your relationship with your son sir right you think we know? We we now know the price tag. It's sixty grand,
3: right? So just stand my ground
4: and yeah. Honest here's the thing: if I don't you know
0: said just... you, if you told them you were going to pay it, we'd be sitting here telling you to pay it.
4: Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I want to I want you to change your language a little bit. I don't even know if it's a stand my ground. I'm walking okay. away. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's too long to tell the story. I I'm here, finding here. more and more value in. The times I plant my feet on a hill and I'm ready to die on that hill as, old, as I'm getting older are just getting smaller and smaller. And if right. someone wants to lie about me, they want to throw a debt on me that I don't owe. They want to take out their frustration about their failed marriage on me. I'm, I'm
0: Dude, I can't engage in that. I'm walking away. Yeah. Have a good
4: day. Yeah. Have a good day. And I know that sounds bad, but I want yeah, you to. We're
0: we're, we're uh, Jordan. You're a state trooper, and around here, we're um, most of us are gun guys, and a bunch of us have done tactical training. And the first thing we learn in tactical training is run, get out, <laughs> run. <laughs> don't engage. John Wick is a movie; it's not Mike, reality. Run, uh, yeah. <laughs> bullets hurt. Run, get away. That's the first goal. And Instead of instead, of, you know, John Wayne, John Wick, whoever. We're not. We don't need to be John. Yeah. So. um we got guys like Jordan to take care of this, right? So, uh, yes, sir. and that's you know that's kind of what John's uh, John Deloney is <laughs> <Me>. saying.
4: <laughs> so. The only John, the real John, right? Yeah. But yo, do, do you mind if I
3: ask you another quick question? Real, real fast, quick? real fast. Yeah, real fast. So we're both contributing five hundred a month to our IRAs. I right would now. stop that until you're out two. of debt. Perfect. That's what I was going to ask
0: you. Temporarily, when I mean. you're on baby step two, you stop all investing temporarily okay. to totally focus on a singular goal. And, Jordan, this is going to be hard for you with your dad because he's your dad. And you can be sad and you can be kind and you can be strong, but you're not going to convince him that you're right. The only thing you can do is just pull back, pull back, give him room while he's in this wounded state. He's a wounded animal right now. And um, just give him room. Just give him room. And someday he'll come around or he won't. That'll be on him, though. It won't be on you. I'm sorry you're facing this. It's a hard thing. But you don't owe the money, sir. And your wife is right. This is The Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. January the 11th, you and 200,000 of your closest friends can join us. So far, 227,000 people have signed up for the Free live stream. Break the cycle. Doctor John Deloney, Jade Warshaw, Dave Ramsey, uh, Rachel Cruz, George Camel. We're going to help you break the cycle. Did you know that stupid has a gravitational pull?
4: <laughs> I was going to make a joke about sitting next to you, but I won't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> too late, you too did. late. Too late. Too late. Yeah. I don't know which one is the gravitational pull exactly. and which one is the stupid, but we'll go with that. So it, either way, it does. It, it Stupid will pull you back in, and you have to break the cycle. It requires an effort to break an orbit. When you're in orbiting stupid, it, you know, it takes energy to bust an orbit, to bust out of an orbit and break free of the gravitational pull of something, and that's what break the cycle is all about. We're going to help you do that. It's time. You can't blame the family curse anymore. You can't blame, well, people like me, people in my neighborhood. No, it's you. We're going to help you do it. We're going to help you face the person in your mirror and go be the person you've always dreamed you should be and could be. We're going to walk you into that handheld high. Here we go. January the 11th. Go to RamseySolutions.com and sign up for Break the Cycle. It's completely free. And uh, we're going to be going a couple of hours there. So settle in, get some popcorn, get some pizza, get ready. We're going to do this. And uh, it's going to be an incredible podcast. the our, our live stream. I'm, you know, we've been reviewing all the material and putting it all together for this, getting ready for about 90 days. And uh, uh, it's going to be the largest live stream we've ever done. It appears like we're probably going to have three to 500,000 folks watching this that night. And so um, come and join us. We'd love to have you. It is completely free. There is no obligation. Oh, and we're going to give away $10,000. Ten of you will get $1,000 of, of the people viewing, not the people who sign up. The people that are watching that night live, we're going to give out. We're going to show you how to do it that night. And ten different people are going to get 1000 bucks. So RamseySolutions.com. Click Break the Cycle. Logan's in Lexington, Kentucky. Hi, Logan. How are you? Good, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Hey, so uh, real fast, I'll give you a,
6: a backstory of where I'm at today. Um, uh, April of 22, uh, my wife and I got married. Um, before we got married, I had about $30,000 in uh, my bank account. Uh, she had a uh, $5,000 student loan and... Uh, $17,000 car note. Um, pretty much as soon as we got married, paid that off, got that out, um, out of the way took care of. Um, we then, um, rented an apartment for a year and, uh, decided we were going to stay there, um, until we had enough money to put a good down payment on a house. Um, unfortunately after that year, um, we had an opportunity, uh, present itself to buy a home from a family friend at a, pretty well-discounted price, well below what the home value was. Um, we knew that it was too much house for us. It was a 4,200-square-feet house, $315,000 is what we paid for it. Um, first-time homebuyer, so we didn't have any money to put down, 0% down is what we got, um, 6.25% interest rate. Um, we knew it was going to be a lot, but we tried anyway. Uh, we lived there uh, up until November of this past year, barely making it, living paycheck to paycheck, um struggling, our marriage was struggling, we just decided we can't do this anymore if if we want this to work, and we do. Um, so we ended up putting the house up for sale, um, sold the house in seven days um, for four hundred and fifteen thousand, so a hundred thousand dollars more than we gave for it in uh, March. Um, after realtor fees, et cetera, et cetera, we uh, walked away with seventy seven thousand um, dollars within the time that we lived in the home, we accumulated $10,000 with a credit card debt, updating the home. Um, it was built in 2002, so it was very outdated. And to try to get that uh, home value up even more to sell it, we put $10,000 on a credit card via you know, furniture for us and then fencing and new flooring, et cetera, et cetera. Um, today, um, I have right at $50,000 in the bank, $22,000 of that seventy seven. I bought my wife a car. Um, we just found out in Christmas that on Christmas Day that she's pregnant and doing her first baby. Um, I'm 26, she's 25. Um, I have a car note for 37,500 dollars. What I owe on it. Um, so now we have three vehicles. Two are paid off. One truck uh, that I have is not paid off. 37,500 what I owe on it. Um, the hey, I have What are you smoking that
0: you go buy a 37,000 dollar car after you just sold a house because you couldn't breathe?
6: No, it was twenty two thousand is what I paid for her car. I already had the thirty seven thousand dollar car loan before. What do you guys Wally make a year? Uh, One thirty together. Good lord. Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I've had the. All right. What can through. I do? To you you got a a
7: ticket,
4: you? dude, and you blew your nose in it. That's what you did, man.
0: What can you? What can you, <laughs> well, 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 so How can we? You got fifty thousand dollars in the bank after you sell both cars and pay your capital gains. You're probably even.
6: Right, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know how much the capital gain percentage is.
0: Um, it's, really, it's not, really it's not a capital gain. It's ordinary income because you didn't even hold the house a year. So it's a, 30, right, it's a 35% tax on the actual gain, and the gain is not 415 The gain is after sales expenses, and you probably did some capital improvements on that credit card debt that you can deduct as well. So you probably have a $70,000 gain at 35%. probably got a $20,000 tax bill. You need to sit down with the tax person and figure out what that is, but it's probably right around there. And you right. have cars Good. you yeah. can't afford, and you went and bought right. another yeah. one. Right go sell both of them okay and the you're not going is, to are did, you
6: no i i i will i'm thinking what i'm thinking is you know I, we live an hour from work both of us Well, we live rent free now at, on our grandparents estate unfortunately they passed away they had a house here they didn't want to sell so we're living here rent free
0: um, so what so we, does that mean you have to be stupid with cars no rent free doesn't, doesn't just, describe stupid cars Right, right. So we're just trying
6: to decide, should I sell my truck? Yes, and, yes. You know, get,
0: Okay, that's... I'm you should sell the car right, you just no, bought man. her. Okay. Y'all are broke what? people, man. Yeah. You're broke. You make $130,000 a year, and you've made a series of bad financial decisions that have caused you to be broke. The best way to Correct. do it is go back to the last time you were standing on solid ground, which is when you had a couple of junky cars that were paid for. And a hundred thousand right. dollars
4: cash in the bank.
0: Yeah, that was a while back. But yeah, yeah. Get let's get rid of both of these. Get the most. Get the best car you can get for cash. No, and, and figure out what your capital gains are. So the okay, twenty-two so thousand dollar car you bought her. Did you use the fifty thousand dollars cash to do that, or did you go get a loan on that?
6: No, no, no. We we had seventy-seven thousand in the bank. Oh, so I now you got fifty after buying cash.
0: that car. So that car is paid Correct.
6: for. Yeah, both. We have two cars that are paid for, and one car that one truck. My truck is
0: not. Okay. So both right. of our
6: cars are paid for. Oh, good. Then just we get rid of the truck. Invested. Get
0: rid of the truck and okay, pay the yeah. capital gains.
6: Right. That that was our main question. Yeah. Okay. I'm I, caught up
0: with you now. Yeah. But dude, you got to quit buying crap. You don't go buy a twenty-two thousand dollar car when you walk out of this disaster you just came from.
4: It, it literally. I mean, it's the exact conversation you just had about breaking the cycle. You do, you like, we can't breathe. We got to sell this house. We sold the house. Hey, we got some money. Let's go buy a, let's let's go buy a car. It. Let's buy a car. Oh, and, let's get pregnant
0: and then buy another
4: car. And it's like, oh, I can't breathe again. Well, what are we going to do now? I got to sell the car and do this and do this. Hey, we got some more money. Let's go get a.
0: Yeah. It's like, thank God it's Friday. Oh, God, it's Monday. Or,
4: yeah. It, we're in this rent free house. Well, you know, it's got to have new floors and a new roof and a new this. Let's put on the credit card. We'll just pay it off later. We don't even
0: have a house payment. I think you could be dead free if you sell the truck. Mm hmm and pay your capital gains and pay off the credit card and chop them up. And then you're going to have to make a decision to never do the stupid crap you've been doing for the past three years. You have to do, I mean, when I went broke, Logan, I was your age. And I had to sit down and do an autopsy, a CSI on Dave. And I looked at all the stupid butt stuff Dave was doing and had to go, if you want to live like this, you can keep doing the stupid butt stuff. Or I can stop doing the stupid butt stuff and have a better life. And that's why I'm yelling at you, because I love you. I want you to win, dude. This is the Ramsey Show. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Hey, guys. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we hit number one on Apple Podcast of all podcasts in the entire world. That's pretty cool. Uh, we've been hovering up around 10, 11, 12. We've been up at 7, a couple times 5. Never number one, and we hit number one. I don't know where we are today. It changes, I think, daily or hourly or whatever. But uh, we did make that milestone, and we want to say thank you to you guys because it's you that did it. We appreciate you. And uh, we'll ask you to continue doing what caused that. What caused that was more and more of you are sharing the show. You're taking a link to the show or clicking the share button. You're subscribing you're following whatever the format is, whether it's YouTube or uh, local talk radio station. You're telling people about whatever it is. You're letting people know. You're leaving five-star reviews. You're sharing. Thank you for doing that. And please keep doing it. It is the biggest thing you can do to say thank you to us and help us. If you like what you're hearing, share it. Tell somebody about it. If you like what you're hearing, leave a five-star review. Thank you. If you don't, go somewhere else. It's okay. We understand. There's not everything. Not every, We're not for everybody. But uh, we are for folks that want to change their lives, want to learn something, and that want some people to tell them the truth that love them. And we're those people. We care about you. We want you to win. And that's cheesy, but it's also real. And uh, thank you for hanging out with us. We appreciate the subscriptions. We appreciate the follows. We appreciate the nice reviews, and we appreciate the sharing. Nick is in Lima, Ohio. Hi, Nick. How are you? Hey, Dave and John. How are you guys doing? Better than we deserve. What's up, man?
5: Yeah, so I was wondering if you guys could possibly give me some words of wisdom or thoughts on my wife returning to school.
0: Okay. What's she going to study?
5: So she is looking at studying dentistry. Ooh. Okay. Uh, so right now, she is a dental hygienist, is making about $40,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a CPA. I make about 75000 a year. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we have $70,000 in student loan debt, mm-hmm. and that's on my degree.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and she didn't aim small, did she? <laughs> no. I mean, have you mm-hmm. priced a dental degree?
5: Yes, Um in Ohio, there are only two dental schools in um, Ohio State, which is the cheaper of the two, and I say cheaper in
0: quotes, is going to cost,
5: cost um, right around $400,000.
0: That's pretty typical, yeah.
5: Yep. So um, we're looking to cash flow this somehow, um, and pretty much the problem we're running into is, you know, we're projecting it's probably going to take about, two years probably to still pay off the rest of my debt and then another half year to save up the um the uh fund whatever and then it's going to probably be oh probably about two and a half years worth of savings projected cost of the dental school in order to actually cash flow the whole thing with just my salary
0: I'm confused. How you're going to pay off thirty-five thousand a year for two years, but in two more years you're going to have four hundred grand?
5: No, um, we would cash flow out um, two of the dental school years, so we would save up two hundred, two hundred, yeah.
0: Um, and you're going to borrow the other two hundred?
5: No, um,
4: you're going to cash flow it as she goes.
5: We're going to try and cash flow it as she goes. So pretty much we wouldn't start until we had the 200000 saved up. So
4: start. what's your question?
5: So the question is, is, would it be worth it to do it, even though she's going to be 30 years old when she starts, and we're looking at a 35-year-old graduating dental school?
4: Why does that matter? My mom graduated with her PhD at 57 years old and was tenured by the time she was
0: 63. You pay cash for it. She's going to be making dentist money, depending on what kind of dental practice she gets into. The next thing you'll face is mm-hmm. when she'll want to buy a practice, and that's another five hundred or four hundred.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: The big challenge. The question is not: Is it worth going to school and her not getting out until she's thirty? The question is thirty-five right? or thirty-five. The question is: You're going to be thirty-five. Does she want to be a dentist when she's thirty-five
0: or no? But math doesn't care about your timeline. What? What? Why does she want to be a dentist? Um, kind of a threefold um, question almost.
5: She's worked for a few dentists. Um, She doesn't always agree with how they want, so she kind of wants to do her own thing. She wanted to be a dentist originally, but was kind of afraid to do the time commitment then. But as she's worked in the actual field she feels like being a dentist would be a good thing for her
4: Mm -hmm. is there any chance somebody in the practice would sign here to a five-year deal and pay for dental school for her
5: um it's possible i'm not sure how many small uh dental clinics around here would go for that but there might be one around here that'd be willing to do it
4: so here's what you've done real quick you've put some constraints she doesn't want to work at a big Mm -hmm. one she wants to work at a small one she we want to cash flow but she doesn't want to be a dentist all the way until she's 35 she wants to get it sooner i want to do this but i don't want to do that you're gonna have to make some sacrifices somewhere they're gonna be really hard you're probably gonna to have to get another job as a cpa only making 75 you're gonna to need to double your income somewhere and that might mean mm-hmm. you got to do corporate tax are you going to take on a bunch of saturday and sunday private clients over the oh, next she's going six to months
0: ohio state you're moving to columbus
5: um, probably in between. She would commute someone, then I would commute someone's work. We're not too far away
0: from Columbus. Yeah, okay. All right. Y'all have children?
5: Yeah, we have two of them. Uh, one is a year and a half, and the other is five months.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, there's no harm in getting on this path. You don't pass the point of no return until she actually starts dental school. Mm-hmm. Until then, you're just paying off debt and saving up money. So we can get on that path, and then the question, I guys, I want you guys to ask us a couple pretty regularly is, I don't want her to go through all this and drop 400k into this, and then decide she wants to be a full time mom.
5: hmm.
0: Okay. I've I've talked to gotcha. lady MDS. I've talked to people in different kind of situations. Um, that that you know they they're their dream shifted about what they saw their life being um, after they were already so far down the rabbit hole on the education stuff. And so it's not to say she can't be a dentist. I didn't, I'm not saying because she's female, she can't be a dentist because she's a mom. She can not be a dentist. She can be. I just want to make sure really $400,000 worth of sure that she's going to play all the way through and work the rest of her life as a dentist, because that's, that's mm-hmm. what this is for. You're going to go, she's going to work. 25 years as a dentist when she comes out till she's 60 and uh, mm-hmm. every day going to work as a dentist every day that's her job and then this, this ROIs but otherwise the 400k is absolutely ludicrous mm-hmm. to spend that and then not work you know 20 years plus in the field is ludicrous
4: I think there's a valuable exercise in y'all to making a very committed debt payment plan to pay off your student loans and see if that fire and that excitement and that um, desire is still there yeah. in 18 months or 24 months.
0: If you're willing to cash flow it and she's willing to stick with it, I'm okay with it. Uh, it. It's a It's not a bad life plan. I just run into too many people who get too far into this and then realize, oh, I don't think I want to do that. This is not. This is not going to uh, six months of ten thousand dollars worth of certificates on something, and then deciding you don't want to do it. That this is, you know, a big chunk of your life and four hundred thousand dollars worth of sure. You got to be sure, and uh, it's a major commitment. In other words, so, um, in the process of you all getting out of debt and building up the first two hundred. We're going to ask that question over and over again. And you build sure? into your
4: calculations, child care for two little kids for the next three, four, five, seven years.
0: Yeah. Because exactly. it's going to cost a lot, too. Exactly. This is The Ramsey Show. Do you listen to The Ramsey Show for motivation? You want to know what's even more motivating? Attending a Ramsey event, the ultimate motivational experience that's fully focused on helping you eliminate money stress. Join us for the Total Money Makeover Weekend on May 10th and 11th in Nashville and leave money stress at the door for good. Podcast listeners use the code 50OFF to save $50 on standard level tickets. Get yours at RamseySolutions.com. Slash events. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Spencer is in Eugene, Oregon. If I can figure out how to hit the right button here. There we go. Spencer is in Eugene, Oregon. Hey, Spencer, how are you? Even John, how are you guys? Better than we deserve, man. What's up? Perfect. Well, I wanted to run a
7: question by you guys um so my wife and i have been married for about 11 years of those 11 years i've been working as a firefighter paramedic for about eight of them Uh, my wife recently brought to my attention that she struggles with certain aspects of my career to the point where she has thought to ask me to change careers Uh, she struggles with the thought of that because she knows how much i absolutely love my job what i do and where i work as well as how well it pays for our large family uh, she's afraid that I would resent her if I were to leave my career and it would be the hardest thing that I've ever done for sure, because I absolutely have no idea what else I would do as my entire educational career has led me to the point where I am now. Uh, she wants to explore options for counseling and possibly help her through what she's struggling with, uh, before we explore the option of a career change, but we don't know where to start. Uh, we don't know if we want marriage counseling or individual counseling so we're just looking for some advice.
4: Which part of your uh, job does she not like or what parts does she not like?
7: Um, so she has a really hard time being alone, um, especially at night um, okay. and kind of just being the, the primary provider on the days that I'm at work. Okay. Uh, we have four kids um, and one of them has some health problems. And it's just it's kind of overwhelming for her to, to be the, the primary, the loan provider while I'm gone. Um, she also has a hard time just missing family or me missing family activities and holidays every so often. Um, as well as just all the baggage that comes with the types of calls that we run, like PTSD type stuff. Yeah. So, um, I have
4: a family member that talked to me. Um, I grew up in a law enforcement household and firefighter household. And, um, I had a family member tell me like every day, um, uh, your dad goes to work. I have to wonder if he's going to come home. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that fear is very, very real. That's not what I'm hearing here. And so, um, cause here's the deal. I'm, I'm a YouTuber dude. And I was a Dean of students before that. And before that I worked at Burger King, all three of those jobs. I've had to miss some holiday stuff. All three of those jobs. I've had to work really late and miss a couple of this is and that's that's life. So my fear is you're going to quit this thing and this imaginary life on the other
0: side of this is not going to be real. Okay. See what I'm saying? So I would not even bankers keep bankers hours now. That's right. Yeah. And so
4: I, I would strongly suggest y'all go together at the beginning. And let's parse through what this is, because it sounds like somebody who is growing increasingly uncomfortable for any number of reasons with the life that she has and is beginning to look out in the crowd to see who can shoulder that with her. And you're the nearest guy. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. And when you're sitting at home, and you've got one kid that's sick, and you got three other kids that are burning the house down and <laughs> making, as Dave said, pterodactyl noises. Not, that's
0: not a real good metaphor for a oh, fireman. Oh, my bad. Yes, a fireman.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's real easy Use to, another example, to create a story where it's the job, right? Yeah.
0: If she told me... You know, what I love oh, about but, this call, though, Spencer, is your wife... Um, being so mature that she's, A, recognizing that how much you love what you do, and, B, saying, hey, before we make a big change, let's get some counsel. It might be me. Let's look at, I mean, gosh, that's so selfless and mature on her part. That's awesome. That gives me great hope that you guys can find some ground that uh, maybe you can make a few minor adjustments here or there to uh, meet some of those needs that she's got. Um, and then that'll help her meet you the rest of the way. Um, because I, I gotta tell you the way she's approaching this, the way you described her was very mature, very cool. I really like her a lot.
7: No, well, me too. I, I definitely married up. She's a huge blessing in my life. Well, and,
4: But here's the deal. I, I've spent my life running around with you guys. And the fact that you immediately, when she talked to you and you went to the computer to see what other jobs were available. I know you did. And that, <laughs> that, that makes you equally uh, mature also.
0: Yeah, you guys are willing to sacrifice for each other. You have the recipe for an incredible relationship going forward, regardless of whether you stay in this or not. I think you'll find a way to stay in it, and she'll find a way to work with part of her stuff, and you'll find a way, to, I, okay, I can do this. I can, I can make sure with my seniority level after eight years on the force that I'm um, in the firehouse that I'm home on these dates i can plan around that and um a minor example it's not it's not exactly parallel spencer but when we were starting all this stuff with that we now call ramsey um my days were like 16 hour days i missed everything sharon will tell you there's about two years she was a single mom and because uh, i worked all the time getting this thing going i was pulling this thing up by its hair right and mm-hmm. um we worked all the time and so when we finally hit that same wall a similar discussion, we sat down and we said, okay, I got to have some non-negotiables. So after that, we never booked a live event on a kid's birthday. We never took any speaking gigs ever on around a holiday. Uh, so I didn't miss any Christmas. I didn't miss any proms. I didn't miss any kids birthdays after that two year period. And that was me coming back towards her adjusting my business, you know, to, to be able to still be a husband and a dad, right? And then in mm-hmm. the midst of that, that gave her the that gave her the strength to take up whatever slack there still was, which there still was, and she became a really zero-maintenance person from that point forward, and it's one of the reasons we've been able to build this incredible life. So I just really think you're willing to reach towards her with some adjustments. She's willing to reach towards you. Y'all can reset a few things here or there. I really think you can find this. But I, I, because of the way you're approaching it, I think you're going to be okay.
4: I think the key here with the with the counselor is going to be really pulling apart the specifics. What are the specifics? Can we hire somebody that comes in from yep. 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. that just yep. helps with bedtimes and helps with dinner, helps yep. with cleanup? That's yep. easy. Um, can we do something on Saturdays? Can we make Christmas two days early every year? And that's just our fun thing we do together as a family. There's there's ways around it uh, if you got to,
0: right? Yeah you you spend some of the money you're earning to create a life that becomes tolerable and sustainable that you want yeah. yeah yeah that's what john's saying and so that's help with the sick child that's um you know uh a high quality uh nanny 2 days a week i don't care what it is but on the days that you're gone somebody's there helping they're they're filling in you know and uh, that'd be worth it to stay doing what you're doing that you love so much. And then she won't be worried about whether you resent her because it's not her. She's trying to, you know, she's a single mom when you're gone. That's what she's saying. And, um, and that's the same thing Sharon said and she was right. You know, that's a very real thing. So, Hey, good question, man. Sound like good people. I think you're going to find the way through that for sure. Um, and, again, I think it's largely because of the way you're approaching it. She didn't stomp in red-faced and scream, you have to quit your job. I can't stand it.
4: And you didn't say, no, I'm an entrepreneur or I'm a fireman. This is who I am, so forget yeah. you. Yeah. You know what you married, and that's not helpful either.
0: No, no. Instead, you're you both saying, I'm willing to give up a piece of who I am to help you be who you are. Right. And that, that's that's called marriage, I think. Wow.
4: Yeah, and this is one of those one of those weird things. You when you see somebody, you talk to somebody like Spencer and his and his amazing wife, that it feels like the wheels are falling off. And those of us who have been through this and are on the other side of that go, "Oh no, y'all! Your car's driving great, man. <laughs> You're just, it's the terrain that's rough. It's not the car, right? And it feels like, oh, think we're gonna crash. You're not gonna crash. Y'all are, y'all are doing good. you all yeah. gonna figure out your way out
0: through this. Yeah, it's very smart to do that because the career, mental health, the money piece, the wealth building piece, they're all woven together in a way you cannot pull them apart. It's almost impossible to build wealth when you have a crummy marriage. It's almost impossible to have a great marriage when you crum—when you hate your job all the time. All these things work together. And so the Dr. John Deloney, the Ramsey show, the Ken Coleman show, these things all, the, the stuff we talk about, the portions of your life, they are woven together in a very real way. That puts us sour of the Ramsey show in the books. of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Thank you for joining us, America. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Thank you for joining us. Jesse is in Atlanta starting off this hour. Hi, Jesse. How are you?
1: I'm wonderful. Thank you for taking my call. How are you?
0: Better than I deserve. What's up?
1: So my husband and I have, um, we read the Total Money Makeover, and we worked diligently to get out of debt. And thankfully now we've paid off our debts and we own our home.
0: Way to go. We are
1: now in the process. Thank you. Uh, It was actually through your book. God did amazing things through you. Um, But so now we're in the process of looking towards wealth building. And because of that, I've been looking at uh, podcasts and different videos on wealth building. But I've been noticing a recurring theme among a lot of these very well-known people. And it's that they use these phrases, everybody has a prenup, either the government makes one or you make one yourself. Um, And I have always been someone that thinks, very negatively towards prenups. My husband and I, when we were married, granted, we were broke, but we always felt that the word divorce was out of the question, and that if you're even considering a prenup, then you're opening yourself up to the possibility of a divorce. So I wanted your opinion, as a Christian, as somebody who is wealthy, what is your uh, perspective on prenups, especially in in the Christian realm?
0: So it's more in theory, because it obviously doesn't apply to you all.
1: Correct, but I guess the reason that I'm asking it is because I I, it kind of helps me in discerning are these people that I should get advice from like wealth building is this people that I should be listening
0: to. Well, I I don't know who you're listening to, and don't tell me. But um, uh, typically, what happens in something like that is a financial person is the financial people and uh, legal people both. Uh, are the world's worst, and I, I had to break myself of this when I started doing this several years ago, are the world's worst at looking at life through only one lens. Okay? Mm-hmm. You're asking a question through a relational lens, a spiritual lens, and a wealth-building and legal lens. They're mm-hmm. only right. looking at it for wealth protection. If, if you could live a life, which you can't, that wealth protection was separated from your relationships and was separated from your spiritual walk you can't but if you could then a prenup would be a slam dunk and in their minds therefore a prenup is a slam dunk because they only see it through that lens does that make sense yes so i wouldn't necessarily discredit them uh for all of their advice as somehow being a heresy or something like that i would just say Whoever you're listening to is only looking at the advice they're giving through a singular lens. Our approach is we believe that personal finance is 80% behavior, and we've proven that. It's not about math, and it's not about that stuff. So uh, our approach is is that the prenup actually could end up uh, stunting your growth because you're not all in on working together. So when I first started this show, when I first started this show, I was a hundred percent, never get a prenup under any circumstances. Don't get married. If you love your stuff more than you love her period, Mm -hmm. just don't do it. That's how I started. Now, having done this a long time, I have one caveat that I've added about a decade ago to this. And that is if two people are getting married, One of them has extreme wealth. There's an extreme difference. Like I had one guy uh, who was marrying a lady who had $10 million and he didn't have two nickels, okay? I suggested a prenup to them uh, to keep their relationship pure about relationship and not about money. And the Mm -hmm. bigger reason I suggested to them is my now experience 30 years later has been the prenup in that case is not really for that couple it's for all the weirdos in their families because all of a sudden crazy mother-in-law swoops in from the other side once the 10 million dollar golden goose shows up and you got to yeah, look at sense. then you got a little piece of paper and you look at her and go sorry ma got a prenup can't do nothing and so it gives them a defense mechanism against crazy in their family because one thing we know about wealth is it magnifies everything and that includes crazy so when you got crazy members in your family and you marry 10 million dollars dad gum the crazy comes out you know so in that case i did recommend a prenup in extreme differences but from 99 percent of the people just regular folk getting married and, you know, I had one lady call me up one time and said her boyfriend had a 1968 frame-up restoration Mustang, and he wanted a prenup. <laughs> and, you know, my answer to that is don't marry this bozo. He loves his car more than you. You know, that's not – that's the that's the answer to that, and that's not a – You know, that might not jive with these other guys' podcasts or whoever it is you're listening to, but um, most of the time I agree with where you're coming from, Jesse, and that is the prenup is simply planning the divorce in advance. Oh, oh, 52% of the marriages end in divorce. No, they don't. No, they don't. Not when you take out people with four-year degrees, not when you take out people who regularly attend a house of worship, not when you take out people who the parents on neither side were divorced. When you take those statistics out, almost 90% of the people marry. their marriage work. Oh, and you're, after, you're older than 22 years old, and you didn't have a baby before marriage. You can take these things out, boom, 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 boom. Success rate of marriage goes way up. You make $50,000 a year or more household income. You didn't have a baby before marriage. You didn't get married in high school. You know, all these kinds. You take all that crap out, you got about a 90% survival rate of marriages. So that 52% figure includes a whole bunch of other crap going on of people who weren't going to make it anyway. So you can't use 52% of marriages into divorce because they really don't. Jesse, I'm going to ask Dave a question
4: on your behalf. Is that cool? Yeah. Um, So Dave, let me throw a caveat in here. Tell me what you think about this. Um, A 55-year-old who's done pretty well, not extreme wealth, um, spouse passes away, and marries a 57-year-old who's done pretty well, spouse passes away. Both have kids, both have cousins. Does it make sense in that situation again to protect from family and
0: if you if you wanted to, but you've just got to be very careful because it's a you're entering, you're you're trying to say this stuff, the distribution of this stuff is more important than this relationship. And man, that's dangerous. And so if you don't have an ex, basically, if you don't have an exit ramp, we got to figure this out. Yeah, We've got to figure it out. Yeah, a good. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you don't trust her to leave your bible to your son from the first marriage whose mom died then don't marry her then don't marry her right you know that's what i'm saying and so i there's a whole thing that goes into play here but yeah by and large i'm anti-prenup that would take because i believe you're planning your divorce believe you're asking for trouble and you know it's it's cheapens the whole affair and puts a dollar figure to it and i just i'm not doing that now if there's an extreme difference, like I said, there's a few times it's okay. You can talk about it, but it's, it's a dangerous thing. Thanks for the question. It's a good one. I know you work hard for your money, and the key to keeping more of it in your
4: pocket
2: is by making a plan for your spending with a budget. And every dollar is the budgeting app that I use personally because it's perfect for looking every dollar you make in its little president face and telling it exactly where you want it to go.
4: Just like you told that guy in traffic exactly where you wanted him to go. And even better, every dollar walks you through the entire budgeting journey so you
2: always know your next right step. Download every dollar for free in the App Store or Google Play today.
0: Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co host today. Open phones at 888 825 5225. Lee is in Cleveland, Ohio. Hi, Lee. How are you?
1: Hi, I'm good. How are you?
0: Better than I deserve. What's up?
1: Um, quick question. Uh, my parents, they are entering their 70s, and um, I swear that is the important part. Um, they called a family meeting with me and my sisters. It's three of us girls, and they wanted to know what our thoughts were on how they leave their basically financial state behind, whether it be a will or a trust. And we're not one. We didn't expect them to even want our advice because you know it's theirs. Um, but now that they're asking, not really sure what direction to go. They had mentioned a will and a estate. It's just—it's a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, Do yeah. they have a lot of money?
1: Um. Yeah. The number they said. Yeah. Yeah. It's well. It's a lot to us.
0: What's a lot? How much?
1: Um. Just south of five million.
0: That's a lot. Very cool. That's That's a lot for the three girls. So you guys are going to get over a million a piece when they both die and they're just trying to plan that out.
6: Yeah.
0: Okay. They They do not have any federal estate tax. What state are they in? Ohio. Okay. You need to find out what the probate tax is in Ohio, but I suspect like it is in most states that the best thing they can do is a simple will. It's, um, Typically, what will happen in a situation like that would be what we call a mirror image will, where they they both do the exact same will, except the names are changed. So his will would say everything goes to her unless we die together, and then everything goes to the girls three ways, okay? And her will would say exactly the same thing. Everything goes to husband unless we die together, and then everything goes to the girls three ways. Okay, so it's not it's not expensive because it's cut and paste, right? You do one will and cut and paste the thing mirror image will. There's no uh, again, there's no federal estate tax on an estate of five million dollars. The probate is um, a tax to run it through the probate. And you'd have to find out what it is in Ohio. Um, But I would not go to the expense of a trust. A trust is typically going to run you three to five thousand dollars to have an attorney do it. And um, you don't need it. There's no need for it.
1: Well, that that was the other question. Their intent with um, when they mentioned a trust is to make sure that it is protected. So, like all three of us girls are married, um, we're all in our thirties, and they just want to make it so it's ours. And obviously, none of us hope or plan for a divorce, but to make sure it's protected, um, you know, for longevity's sake, and that it.
0: Well, if you have the use of the money. It's going into your name. It's not protected, and so if it's sitting over in a trust and you can't touch it, then it's protected. But that's silly. You need to have the use of it.
1: Well, they would want us to. If it were a trust, they would want us to all be, um, all three of us. To
0: I I I wouldn't the do that. Managers. I wouldn't do that. Okay. Yeah, please don't do, do that. Kind of like
1: live off interest, yeah. I guess.
0: Yeah. Now the other thing you can check on it, and again, the law will change from state to state, and I'm not an attorney, so two things you need to look at you need to learn about is find out what the probate tax in ohio is okay and in most states and i think this is true in ohio but you need to verify it if you were left a million and a half dollars from your parents and three years later you went through a divorce the judge would award that money to you really in most states now not a it's the you know it's a it came from your side of the family it doesn't he doesn't automatically get it now uh you know if a period of 50 years went by then there may be a different thing okay before you got divorced but um but you know a few years out you know five or ten years something like that in most states you're going the judge is going to cover that and something that came from you know, somewhere else. It obviously was your money. It'd be like if you married someone without a prenup. We were talking about that a minute ago, and you brought money into the marriage, and then you get a divorce shortly thereafter. You're going to take that money out of the marriage in most states. Now, some states have different common law stuff, but and so I'd want to learn about that to be 100% sure. But by and large, I really wouldn't overcomplicate this for a million and a half dollars. Sure. Okay. That makes
1: sense.
0: I would keep my life pretty clean and pretty simple, um, but let, but learn about it, and so you can address their concerns. And by the way, that also means they probably ought to talk to an estate planning attorney, or two. They
1: they have lawyers, and so they were kind of running through the options, and were running us through the options by way of the lawyers, just to, that were planning their estate. Okay. So they they have lawyers. That, well, they could address please, that those two
0: issues then that I'm talking about: probate tax sure. and whether or not you're protected in the event of a divorce without a trust, I tr- trust, unless you've got a, you know, a hundred million dollars two twenty million $20 million, $50 million. It's a lot. It's so cumbersome to deal with. And there's some estate planning reason or estate tax reasons to do that when you get up above 20 million right now. But, uh, but prior to that, I would just keep my life as simple as I could if I were you guys. Yeah.
4: And I'd be weary of an attorney trying to pr- push a uh, uh, trust on you just because they're going to make an extra $5,000. Yeah, right?
0: uh, and some of the people in the estate planning world do that. They're, they're, they're they oh, you need a trust to avoid blah, 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 blah. No, everybody doesn't need a trust. You really don't. Um, you You really, really don't need one that often. So, hey, good question. Thank you for joining us. Michelle is in Dayton, Ohio. Hi, Michelle. How are you?
2: I'm good, Dave. How are you?
0: Better than I deserve. What's up?
2: Um, to make a long story short, um, I lost my mom to about two years ago to COVID, mm. um, her and I lived together, um, my whole life, but the last 12 years we roomed together, um, cause her and my dad separated. Mm. Um, so I honestly feel like the last, the first year I was numb, the last year I've just kind of been living in survival mode. Um, and long story short, I did stupid about a month ago and, um, went out and traded in my car for a new one and I realized pretty quick it was dumb um I was kind of stressed out and I was going through a box of my mom's stuff and on top of it was a book that I had never seen before it was Rachel Cruz's know yourself know your money and I started reading that it kind of turned me on to your guys' show again my mom listened to you guys here and there um but I guess what I'm where I'm at right now is I, I need to get out from underneath this car but I'm not really sure what to do um you know, I, I feel like I need to sell it. I, I, I don't have anything but student loans and, and the car payment, but um, it's pretty much topped my budget out. Um, and I'm like, what if something happens my rent raises or, you know, crazy stuff like that. Stuff I should have thought about before I did it. But I guess where I'm at is I just don't know how to, you know, w- what steps to take to get out from underneath this car. I know obviously selling it's probably the best bet, but I'm pretty sure as soon as you drive it off the lot, I'm going to owe more than what it's worth. Um, and so I'm just trying to get some advice on what to do and where to start. Uh, without what were getting you driving before? Uh, I had a car. I had a 2020 Kia Sportage. I traded it in for a new one.
0: Okay. How much did um, they give you for the Kia?
2: I was underwater on that, about 1000 bucks, So I put 2500 down with what they gave me, I ended up putting about a thousand five hundred down okay um, on the car. Okay. Yeah. So I the car's thirty thousand dollar note, um thirty one thousand actually. And, and you make uh, what? I'm just got a new job, um, working for the government, so I'm making about fifty thousand a year.
0: Yeah. Okay. You're you're right. You do need to sell it. Oh man, what you been through, kiddo? I'm sorry. Um that was, yeah. big, was a big time big time grieving and stress purchase, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was just I don't I just said I've had a temporary moment of insanity, but yeah. at the same time it's kinda of fueled this like I would
0: go, how long you had the car? in the
2: face? Uh about a month.
0: Go back and talk to the dealer and see if you can how big a check you got a right to get out of it. Okay. That's first thing. If it's if the check sounds unreasonable, check what the car will sell for. And you're going to have to cover the difference, the hole that you're in. You're right, you're upside down again. And you're going to have to go buy something super cheap that you can pay cash for and scrape together the money to cover the difference to get out of this thing. But you're right, you need to undo this. And the sooner you undo it, the better. Because every day you drive it, it's going down in value even more. This is The Ramsey Show. All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey Trusted Agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're someone you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey Trusted Agent near you at RamseySolutions.com agent. RamseySolutions.com agent. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host. He's also the author of the number one best selling book, Building a Non Anxious Life. It's our latest number one bestseller here at Ramsey, and you ought to be able to check it out. In the lobby of Ramsey Solutions, hanging out with us on the stage, Anthony from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Hi, Anthony. How are you? Good, how are you? Better than I deserve. How can we help you today, sir?
6: Just have a question. How do I get my 19-year-old stepdaughter to follow the Ramsey plan and pay for college cash when she says she'll let her future self worry about the debt?
0: Your 19-year-old stepdaughter, your wife's daughter? Yes. Okay. How long have y'all been married?
4: Uh, Ten and a half years. Okay.
0: So you knew her when she was nine? Yes.
4: And she said, that's a problem for future me? It's yes. kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> wow who um can i just take a guess here that um the other parent is fully on take out every loan and go get them
3: Uh, maybe
0: okay yeah okay so dad her dad is saying probably yeah future self. um so uh Well, the a couple things that pop into my head, and, John, you're probably needing to address this a lot more than me. I'm just thinking like a dad. Um, uh, Unless there's a fractured relationship, your wife is going to have a better chance of having this conversation than you because you're, by definition, the stepdad. Uh, Unless you're the only hero in this whole story uh, with this kid, that you've got more credibility than her actual two parents. You know, it would be nice if she'd listen to your wisdom, but you're probably odd man out. Uh, and, and so what we've got to do is get somebody in front of her that she'll listen to. So that's first what I'm looking for is who's she, who's she most likely to hear from. And then whoever that is, I'm going to school them uh, just as a dad. This is Dave the dad. Uh, you know, one of, the things, one of the hardest times for me in parenting was when my kids grew up and I couldn't tell them what to do anymore. It's pissed me off because it was a lot easier when I could just tell them what to do. And it's, it's, I mean, and now they're 30 and 40 years old, and I still can't tell them what to do. It's just awful. I can't even tell them what to do with the grandkids. It's awful. So um, I've had to learn to not use my dad voice. My only shot at dealing with a, quote, grown-up, in this case a 19-year-old, is to speak to them as if they were someone else's kid, and I was trying to persuade them, like if one of my buddies' kid was going to do this. I would sit down and I would use a different voice than my dad's voice. Um, and I'd say, you know, I love you. And let me walk you through, because I love you, why I think this is stupid and why I think it's stupid for you. It doesn't affect me. You get to do whatever you want to do. But one definition of maturity, honey, is learning to delay pleasure. And this little future self thing you've said is an indication you're acting like you're four. And that's what I would tell one of my friend's kids. But... Um, as if they were a caller on this show, you know, but it's not me using my dad voice because the instant she hears anything other than persuasion as a technique, she's going to click off and move on. Even if she is physically sitting there, she quit listening.
4: Yeah, I, I, I think exactly right. I think it's important for you two, you and your wife, to say, here's what our rules and boundaries are for our money and how we're going to support or not support. And then walk your, like you said, I think you have that conversation. I have found it really helpful when parents own up to some things they have done, when they put things off to future self. And it humanizes you a little bit, and it's part of the persuasion. You're having an adult-to-adult conversation, even though she's 19, and you know she's every bit a child as, as she was when she was 16. Okay, um, I, I did this one time. And that may not work, but at least you become more credible instead of just this pointing finger and saying, you're going to do I
0: bought a car I couldn't afford, and I thought future self would worry about it. Right. And I didn't sleep a lot. And it tore me up, and I got messed up my credit, and it set me back. And it's one of the financial decisions I made that held me back. And I just don't want that pain for you because I love you. You know, that kind of thing. There's
4: also going to be a strange thing that happens, um, and you'll probably dealt with it her whole life, is... If she has one parent saying, I think you should do this, then there's a loyalty thing that gets really dicey and really weird. And so sometimes the greatest gift you can say is, I think we're making a mistake. I don't think this is the right move. I love you, and I'm going to be here when you get back. And I've got a plan for you to pay all this mess off. Um, I don't think it's the right thing. But there's that weird loyalty thing that they feel like if they're doing something, even if it's better for them and they know it, that they're being disloyal and somehow unloving to the other parent like this situation's messy it's just messy that's why it's important for y'all two to get your boundaries straight we're gonna pay for your first semester of college but it's gonna come at this or this or we can put this money on the table but you can't borrow a dime if you borrow a dime you're yeah, opting I, I you are opting out of this money whatever
0: i'm not you know, i've got twenty thousand dollars to put towards your college but it's not there if you're doing this. If you
4: take out a loan, you're opting out of my money.
0: and Because I'm not going to support you in doing something that's harmful to you. I love you too much. I'm not going to buy your drugs if you're a heroin addict. And I'm not going to participate in something I think is a mistake and harmful to you. Not because I'm greedy and not because the money's yours. But it's not yours to do harm with. Because I love you too much. And this, you need to hear this matter. If you're participating. If you're not participating in the in the college education at all then you're simply trying to persuade
4: right and i like putting the onus on them because what a good 19 year old will do is when you say i'm not going to put i'm not giving you any of this college money if you um if you take out a loan then man you're the bad guy you're withholding you don't want me to get educated you don't love me but when you say hey 19 year old you're opting out of this money it's right here the terms of this money are x y and z you're opting out you're a grown up you get to do that
0: now, a similar thing would be, in our case, with our kids when they were in school, if they were going to misbehave in other ways while at school and they weren't going to make grades while at school, they're opting out. I'm not you know, I'm not going to pay for it. I'm not playing for you to go pay, play beer pong. You're, you're, I'm paying for you to go get an education. And this is not your time to party and daddy pays for it. <laughs> Screw that, you know. And so we had these conversations early and often as I sent checks into the thing. But this is this this money is contingent. My love is not contingent. But this stream of money coming at your college experience is contingent. And
4: they get to decide. Well, that money keeps coming.
0: Yeah, that's by their behavior. Yeah. So you're opting in. You're opting out. If you guys are participating, that's the thing on that. But I, I think the thing is this. It's just a mistake. And we've got we got you know she says 44 million people in America that'll tell her it's a mistake. They got student loans out there yin yang. And they can't breathe, and they're waiting on the president to mysteriously make it go away. And he's not—he can't, and he won't. Um, and so it's—you know—it's it, a mistake. And the, when you, any time you say the future me, that just means I want to buy something now, and I'm being a four-year-old on the cereal. aisle having a fit because I want Fruit Loops. And so it's a cute saying, though I like her, yeah, I like makes her angle. Laugh, yeah. It's kind of—it's kind of funny. <laughs> but uh, I'll let the future me deal with that. That's kind of funny. She's got—she's got Moxie. But um, we—so yeah.
4: we threw a lot at you. What do you think?
6: you're right we had x amount of money that we had that we said we would give if she stayed at home she could have used that for four years but she decided to dorm and all that's being used the first year and we said we're not going to co-sign for any loans
0: yeah okay so she used up the money even though she went a direction you said not to do and now it's even gone further and we're not co-signing the loans so now she's going to have to be out of school yeah that's sad
4: or she'll have to go to a local community college and go for free, depending on what state y'all live in, right? Right. Heaven forbid. Yeah. Um, I think that's a great option for families. Yeah. Great option.
0: But You know, yeah, you you guys, yeah. So you're for, we're further into this than I realized. I don't know why I thought a 19-year-old wasn't already in school. I was thinking this. I thought we caught it ahead of time. No, but, but I also, already I,
4: I mean, this is a beautiful opportunity for you to show, here's what the account was.
0: There's no dollars left. It's empty now. Yeah. You used it, and... I, I kind of made a mistake allowing you to do that, and I'm not going to make another one by signing for you for sure. And if you need a co you're up a creek. So, um, wow. But she probably doesn't need a co-signer. She's probably just going to keep rocking. Well, uh, it just
4: depends on what school. Is it an expensive private school?
6: No, it's a public school.
4: Public school. Well, they're all
0: expensive now,
4: so. yeah, yeah. Mm. Not cheap. But All right, best of luck to you, man. Appreciate your question. I, wish, you. I
0: wish I had a magic wand to make that go away. But that's some thoughts for you. And you parents out there, you know, one guy called up and said, my daughter told me she's going to this school. And I said, see, (laughs) that's where it ended at the Ramseys because we did the telling. They didn't do the telling. It's like when someone calls
4: and says, my 11-year-old's addicted to their iPad. I said, no, they're not. (laughs) You
0: keep handing it to them. (laughs) You won't take it away because you have no spine. This is The Ramsey Show. Scripture of the Day, Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. Mother Teresa says, some people come into your life as a blessing. Other people come into your life as lessons. <laughs> there's mentors and there's anti-mentors. <laughs> I think I'm the blessing for you, Dave. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I knew it when I got up this morning. I said, that's it. John, Dr. John. is my blessing. He's a blessing. Bless me. You are my adversity. I love it. Well, hey, everybody's got to have a gift. <laughs> Danielle is in New Loudon, Connecticut. Hi, Danielle. How are you?
1: I'm um, well. How are you?
0: Better than I deserve. What's up?
1: <laughs> um, so I'm kind of in a place in my marriage where I'm trying to figure out um, if I should be coming or going. Um, we had uh, twins two years ago. And um, I think that there was just um, a lot of unrealistic expectations um, of having kids together um, for, from him to me. And um, he was just very disconnected from them the first year and a half. So he started connecting with them through counseling and it's almost like you're too late I guess it's there's no there's no um I don't have those feelings anymore and it's like the more suggestions counseling comes up with um the more it's almost like cringy like I'm like I don't I don't want to do that you know maybe if you did this that and the other you know made the 18 bottles you know in the first year I would have Gladly, you know, accepted to want to go on a date or X, Y, Z. But I'm just. So, are you
4: are you you leaving your marriage?
1: I'm pretty close to it. Yeah.
4: And what I've got from this call is, um, (laughs) your husband did not do a good job during the first year, year and a half of having twins dropped in the house, and because of that. um, Yeah he sounds like he is trying to work on it and fix things. And you're saying, Nope, your punishment for those first 18 months is I'm out.
1: In a sense. Yeah.
4: It sounds like you're out of the marriage and this has become a great exit strategy for you. A story that allows you a past (laughs) in your mind to leave.
1: In a sense. Yeah.
4: Okay. So what's your question?
1: (laughs) Um, I guess I'm not trying to just leave. Like you said, it's,
4: I mean, it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing.
1: And I understand that, but what I'm just trying to advise is what else can I do at this point? If I, I don't know, we're trying with marriage counseling. I see the connection now he's building with our kids. I just don't know how to keep trying.
4: I I think you know how to keep trying. I don't think you want to.
1: Yeah.
4: Here's the deal. Y'all got to build something completely new. Mm -hmm. And he sounds like he is really trying to build something new. Mm -hmm. And you're just standing there in the rubble. And you don't want to pick up a hammer. And you're waiting for that hammer to feel right. Mm -hmm. It's never going to feel right. The feelings will follow the action. And so either you decide, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go all in we're going to figure this thing out or I'm going to stop suffocating everybody in the house with, I don't know. I'm just waiting for a, like, you see what I'm saying?
1: No, I understand what you're saying. I think
4: you've got to fight for your uh, marriage in the same way. He seems to be fighting for your marriage.
1: Hmm.
4: What am I missing?
1: Um, uh, here's a a lot more pieces to it but for this short synopsis um like i said i just got used to doing everything on my own and so now that someone's now coming around trying to help it's just it feels like it's a it's a ploy like how long is this going to last because it's that's kind of what happened before it's just i'll do this for a little bit and then it stops
0: are your parents divorced
1: um, yes. How old were you
0: parents. when your dad left?
1: Um, maybe 10.
0: Mm. I think you're still pissed at him. <laughs>
1: uh, biological? No. Uh, mm-hmm. I
0: have
1: no hard feelings towards yeah. any of my parents.
0: Bull.
4: Okay. <laughs> you you've, I don't I ask me your question because I really don't know like I don't know how I can help what, you've, what, what you're no. telling me is it's a very syrupy feelings like I just don't feel like now if you came back and said no the dude was abusive mm-hmm. dude cheated on me a lot and I'm he's trying to weasel his way back in that's a whole different conversation mm-hmm. but what and I know we have a very compressed time but what you're telling me mm-hmm. right now is I had to do a lot of work the first 18 months because he was off working when I had twins and I, it killed me. And now I got used to doing things alone and I don't want his help anymore. And but so I'm it. just going to divorce him. That's what it, that's what I'm hearing. I can't be right. Nope. That's it?
1: Um. Well, we both work. Um, so it's not just that he's working. We both were working during this. It just... He just mentally disconnected from helping me raise our two kids, even and that, though he has other two kids. So. I got you,
4: but listen to me. That was yesterday. Mm-hmm. We're here today. Okay. So let's make a choice about today. If you're going to leave your marriage because your husband is trying to make things right and learn a new way of helping, and admittedly he sucked the first 18 months and he's trying his best, and you're like, no, nope, I'd rather do it myself you have to own that decision. Mm
3: -hmm.
4: And if you're going to leave him over that, then you've got to own that decision. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like I'm missing something. But I'll say this. If if you're trying to heal a marriage, any level of it being broken, the same as if you're trying to get in shape, the same as if you're trying to get out of debt, if you wait for it to feel right, you're never going to do it. Mm-hmm. You have to just take wild action in the direction of the thing you want to be different. Whether that's losing weight, whether that's getting out of debt, whether that's saying I'm going to fight to the death for this freaking marriage. And you mm-hmm. suck the last two years, and we're going to make this right. I'm in. Yeah. And if absent of that, it's it's just going to be this. Ah, it doesn't feel good, and it doesn't. And by the way, if you look around at our culture, we're a feeling to death culture. Mm -hmm. we all wait for everything to feel the right there is not it's not going to get that way what you're going to do is you're going to run like wild in the direction of what you want which is an amazing marriage and some help around the house and two awesome kids with two great parents and then you're going to wake up one day and realize this feels really awesome yeah but that choice is yours i can't make that for you yeah
1: no i know i appreciate it
4: yeah i feel like i'm missing something dave
0: uh, I don't know. I don't know what we're missing. I don't know. I've got an opinion, but it's harsh, so I'll just keep it to myself. <laughs> <clears throat>
4: yeah. I would like America to see that Dave Ramsey's maturing, getting older. <laughs> I think this is an important step in the show's evolution.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, and I, and I, I don't want to sit beside a PhD in counseling and have counseling ideas. It's a bad idea. No, bring so it. Bring it. It's a bad idea. I think she's still pissed at her dad. I'm just being pop psychologist, though. And and so the first time her husband screwed up, she transferred it. I just moved it over. Yeah, she just moved it over to him. Yeah. And so this is this is her way of hitting back at her dad. But I'm I'm really reaching here. Yeah. Is I, that is that possible? From, uh,
4: I, I think your body puts a pin in that pain and you wait for it and wait for it and it goes there it is there
0: it is. Somebody's not doing what they're supposed to do. All right, I'm out. Somebody's not doing what they're supposed to do. Yep. I'm not going to, uh, yeah.
4: Your body throws that wall up, and it's game over.
0: Yeah, I could be wrong. I, I mean, I'm just I'm just a novice at this stuff. I get to sit next to you, though, so there's that. That puts us out of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back uh, with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey folks, Dave Ramsey here. You know budgeting doesn't have to be boring. You just need a budgeting app that's made with you in mind, and that's every dollar. The Every Dollar app has helped millions of people work the baby steps and take the stress out of planning and managing their money. Start budgeting with Every Dollar for free right now. Just go to Ramseysolutions.com/slash every dollar and download the app today. That's Ramseysolutions.com slash every dollar.